0: we have reached Pastor Troy and On The Dock. We're sure glad to have you out today, and we are all about this thing at On The Dock with Pastor Troy. We've got this podcast going on. It's something special. We've got it started today. We're going to get into part two in just a second. Let me just get the baseline here. We are about conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows. We're going to get you definitely out of the shallow water and into the deep. We are talking about stuff that is so simple right now that you can actually execute. Even though we're talking about FCA, Coach Chaplin, Coach a, uh, Like sports chaplain or character coach. Everything we're talking about will work in your home and your families and your business and life. So it's going to be great. So we're going to get you out of the deep. This is going to be very, very tangible and transferable to you. Hey, I hope you're joining us. All our partners. We use YouTube as our primary video channel. We have iTunes and Spotify as our download podcast. We try to describe everything to you the best we can. Uh, We give you a little color commentary here, so to speak. So thanks for joining us there as well. We're also on Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. And we've got our good social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram, check us out there. We'll put show notes in there and things like that. You can find links and teases and all that. And when you find our platforms, please do us a favor. Hit subscribe, like, notify, comments, uh, all those kind of things. Get set up on the platform so when we put out our podcasts, which are typically Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can get notified. And make sure you share this. Share this with other people. The best thing you do is share this with your network of people. Do Facebook or or wherever you use uh, Telegram. Just share it out. Get people watching it. I think it will be a gift to people what we're going to be sharing also you can be a partner with us. You can be a partner and a supporter. You can find out how to support us, but you can also find out how to be a partner at a deeper level. Go to Patreon and become an On The Dock partner. You can find that uh, by going to Patreon. You download their app and look up On The Doc with Pastor Troy, or you can make it easy. You can go On The Dock at dot org and we have a link there for that or you can also find all of our platforms and links there as well and we have a viewer for on the Doc that's also on that page as well and you can also email us anytime at info at on the doc.org we'd be glad to help you out and get you directions or get you any information you need we're back in the studio we're working on FCA and Nation of Coaches series we're in part two today we're going to be taking a look at, at Southern Illinois Saluki work S, uh, Southern Illinois Miners, local huddles camps and international work that our good friend here at the table Roger Leip he is been with Fellowship Christian Athletes for listen to this 27 years and now is starting a new venture with the nations of coaches. He'll be telling us in Rogers In Studio. Roger, good to have you here today. My great pleasure. Thanks so much. Man, we are moving. That first in that first one, it was just hot. You gave us some mm-hmm. some tips at the end that if somebody's listening and they just want to be a character coach to their family, good word. Number one, understand we're always his ambassador. We're always his ambassador. You said 2 Corinthians 5:20. You said in 2nd Corinthians 2 that we need to make sure we have the aroma of Christ. <coughs> oh, excuse me there. We have the aroma of Christ. That we smell like Christ, that we have a good witness, and that we need to love extravagantly, serve selflessly, and always encourage people, to exhort. Good mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good word. Yeah. Roger's had a 27-year career with Fellowship of Christian Athletes and now working with Nation of Coaches. And as I told you in episode one, he is an absolutely prolific writer. Check this out, www.crosstrainingpublishing.com. You can see works there he's got. He's got some in English and in Spanish, Roger. That's amazing. Gosh, we're going to get to that in the next episode. We're going to talk about these works. You're going to want to get these not only for yourself, but you're going to want to get them uh, for your coaches. And and that's what, what a great gift to give a coach. He's also a prolific blogger. He's got four different blogs going on, a YouTube channel. You can check all that out. We'll put the link up for the show notes but as you can see roger's work is extensive very extensive roger's married to sharon leip got a son and a daughter and two grandchildren you golly you're, you're one ahead of me i hate that i'm trying to get my kids to get productive i got one granddaughter i love my granddaughter but she needs company roger we we want to take our on the dock friends out with you and take a look at some of the amazing work you've been doing in this mm. episode with teams over the years, 27 years, you've got different aspects, different phases. Uh, And so we're going to look at those all. We're going to start with your baseline work, your baseline work here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put this picture up, let you, let you tell us about it. Roger, you started baseline for 27 years, FCA huddles. You've been working with student athletes, coaches, you've been doing camps. Um, I've got a chance to watch that, be a part of that and hear your planning and been a part of that. Uh, Tell us about that work. Tell us some of your highlights. Tell us uh, what has been a, a, a constant and then, and then what's changed greatly? So start off with, start off about the work there. What you do with FCA Heddles, what you've done with student athletes, what you're doing with coaches and camps. Give us a little bit of background on that. Yeah, I'd say the thing that's endured across
1: all of that time has been the the baseline thing of Fellowship of Christian Athletes is that coaches and athletes are influential people by their nature. And so the issue becomes who's influencing them, right. and that's who we want to be, because uh, coaches in particular, I mean, they're going to be influential by their very nature. And that's either really good or really bad, kind of depending on the bent of the coach. Right. And so let's who let's be influential with them. Let's help them figure out how to live a life in Christ that then transfers into how they coach. Because lots of folks, if you watch them coach on Friday night, you'd be going, who is that guy? And then you see that same guy on Sunday morning and you're these are different people but they look to be the same cuz so many of them are compartmentalized that tightly that their ethic the thing that drives them on friday night coaching on a football field is entirely different than who they are with their kid their kids and wife on Sunday morning. And uh, what I'm looking for is integration of those two things. And so that's always been my attempt throughout all of those years is can we help these people figure out who they are in Christ and have that then inform everything they do on the field, off the field, on the court, off the court, all of that. How do those things fit together? And so kind of the big, big picture is that our life in Christ should inform everything that Mm -hmm. we do and permeate throughout our lives And so we're going to find a bunch of ways to do that. Some of that's huddles, some of that's camps, some of that's other things. And so all those methods have to fit that idea of uh, full integration, full discipleship of the person in
0: Christ. So, so when you go out and start a huddle, even at maybe junior high or mm-hmm. high school, you start these huddle groups. You're pulling together like interested kids initially that have a drive. You're, you're finding a coach or a mentor or somebody that's willing to kind of be a shepherd there. And then exactly. you're equipping them to begin to create kind of little, little small groups, so to speak. Absolutely. Right? You bet. And sometimes I know that will... When I was in uh, high school, uh, Coach Katie at MUS Memphis University School, where I played high school football, uh, Coach Katie was our FCA coach. I mean, I mean, he was a man of God. I mean, he could he could chew you out down the sideline, but <laughs> but I mean, a foul word never came out of his yeah. mouth. But but I tell you what, they could be they they were able to cut. <laughs> he used the word "bentonite" like a knife at times. <laughs> I could hear I can still hear him holler at me. But but he, but he was a but when you need to talk to somebody, when you say, "Coach, I really need to talk," he could, he could put on that listen yeah he, he knew the difference between the hunt and he knew the difference between the, the the kids need and he was our fca coach we we had probably of a team of 80 of us we probably had 10 or 12 of us that were very regular there would be larger events team events mm-hmm. kickoff season events and then i i do know that one year that my, my second my second year there it was like the whole team changed wow and we i'd say of 80 players the only time somebody wasn't there, they were in the training room. They couldn't get their arm out wow, of ice. Wow. And we went from having 10 or 12 of us, and we had very good success. We got to the quarterfinals. We had some difficulty things happen. And all of a sudden, it, it took off, and everybody started coming. And I think it had to do with the leadership of who exactly. he'd been leading. And I, I know you've seen it where it's a, a micro group, and then you've mm-hmm. seen teams take over. Tell me a little bit about how that happens in the huddle, and, how that, and then how does that – burn off to the camps you know because they, they want more you get hungry yeah often th- there'll be those kids that are in the school
1: that especially in the sporting world if my teammate is somebody of that kind of character that I really respect well I'm gonna be around wherever he's going to, to, to listen to that and they respect it and they'll, they'll follow you pretty simply but uh, if if on the other hand if if, if he's uh you know, Christian boy at, at church on Sunday, but he lives like a Hellion on the weekend. Right. Everybody goes, Whatever it's it's the incongruity just blows it all up but when they see something there and all of a sudden it's it's a teammate they respect that's why
0: they team go. captain got exactly. gets involved and you next bet. thing you know we we're all there you know i was there before the team captains came team captains we kind of got them involved and you know part of it was just hey we've got some attitude problems and we think y'all need to get in here and listen to coach katie he can help us with this so it took everybody's like well, we already were in the weight room we're in the locker room now we gotta have more meetings but really they became the thing that made our team the next year great was the the bond off the field, mm-hmm. exactly, and that's where I think in FCA, big
1: picture, whether it's in camps or whatever the setting is, First Peter three fifteen, when it is done well in the life of that player or coach, that's what rings the bell. And First Peter three fifteen says, "Set apart in your heart Christ as Lord." In other words, have a life that resembles the Lord. Then be ready to answer anyone who asks you concerning the hope that you have, right. but do it with gentleness Peter and respect.
0: Exactly. Credo verse
1: for me. Exactly. That thing communicates because they're asking you directly because right. you have something they don't have. They, right. They're saying, man, what is that? And they want to know. Now you can tell them very directly, but you do it gently and respectfully. You don't have to beat them up for the kingdom of God. No, and you. but I'm going to communicate in a way I know my friend can understand. That's the respectful part, and um, it helps that.
0: Right along. What's changed in the FCA huddle in your 27 years from when you first saw him? That would uh, go. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. I mean, you're 27 years ago. I mean, it'd be. I'd be 10, 12 years removed. Yeah. 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 I 84. I graduated high school in 84, so I was in an FCA group in 84, 83, 84. Uh, in college, we had some FCA groups at Christian Brothers. You know. It, it wasn't near as strong. I prayed with a few of the guys, but it wasn't like that because we didn't have the prolific coach that took the leadership. But tell me what you've seen change in 94 to now about the nature of the huddle and what's going on. It's funny because, one, the environment in
1: schools have changed a lot. When I started in 1984 here in Southern Illinois, there was one school into which you had to be let in the building electronically. One. Now, virtually all of them. Nobody's walking down the hall unaccompanied, uninvited. So the, the the world in schools has changed some. Uh, they're less likely to let outsiders in for all those kind of things. And back then, I mean, we're doing everything we did on paper. It was like a big, big old Bible that you might get at a camp and we're doing this and the kids are sharing one. Now virtually everything that happens – almost none of the kids carry in a Bible to the meetings. It's all on their phone. That's right. And they're reading off an app or they're reading off the Bible app, looking at you version and, but they're reading their Bible. And so, okay, I don't care what method you use. Let's get to the Bible and let's have that inform our lives. And that's what's happening. I see those started a group at Mary Lou's restaurant in Carbondale way back when with Carbondale high school kids and the, probably in the middle 90s somewhere and that group continues and they met and there's sometimes 40 kids in there at 6:30 in the morning wow.
0: Doing Bible study and getting some biscuits and gravy. Because that do you, do you makes see any go. difference? This is a, just a vanity question. As a pastor, I, I I've been re- I re- we put the Bible up for everything. We mm-hmm. we provide scriptures. Mm-hmm. We make it easy. I do. We do have a good Bible reading planet community where everybody's reading in the daily walk. So all of our people have Bibles. I see some bring them, some don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I I find there's nothing wrong with electronic Bible. Mm-hmm. I pull mine out occasionally too, but. There's something about getting a tactile Bible in front of you. I hate to say that. Roger, you've had that for years. Yeah, since 86. Since 86. Yep. And
1: so, But, yeah, because I can underline in here. I can write notes yeah. in the margin. I can do some of that stuff. And, it, I mean, now, after all these years, it's got – you can tell where I've read the most. It's got the most <laughs> – It jumps open for exactly, you. That... and And the, there's – Dirt on the pages
0: from my fingers over all those years.
1: Yeah,
0: it's different. The the Bible's not magical in the mm -mm, book itself. It's the Word of God that's magical. So you don't have to have it in that form. So we're not. I'm not knocking electronic. I'm just saying there's something about having that that thing that you that you get to know. It works for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a little easier than uh, sometimes old guys like me will fumble around trying to figure out. Okay, how do I get back to Galatians? And it in my t- in my uh right. in my app but whereas this i can just go flip and i'm there uh, i like that some of it's yeah. how you grew up are you certainly. seeing any kids today
0: actually using the bible they're pretty much all electronic today i see nine tenths of it being electronic, electronic yeah, yeah me too mm-hmm. me too i I'm, I'm working i was just thinking we we're doing that i got i need to do a series where i just ask everybody to bring the i'm not going to put the bible up this month i want to bring dust it off mm-hmm. bring it out so hey let me ask you this question uh, so so let, let, let's move over to your work at siu okay uh, SIU Salukis, you have been involved there. When did you start working with the Salukis in in any capacity?
1: It was fall of 1994. Um, Sean Watson was the head football coach, brand new, 34-year-old dude, just coming in. Uh, I went by to see him just to welcome him to town. I just knocked on the door, a cold call, walked in, hey, coach, welcome back. He had played at Carterville High School. And remember when he had played at Southern, I just went in to offer to pray for him and uh, sat there and said, coach, anything I can do for you? He looked at me and he said, I mean, this is our first meeting. He said, um, yeah, when I played here, we had a team chaplain. Will you do that for me? And I said, "Wow, yeah, sure. <laughs> and cold, I, cold call. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, I have no idea what that means, but yes. Wow. And I uh, went down the hall to see Jim Hart, who had played all those years in the NFL, knocked on the door, Jim, yeah, come on in. And we sat there St. and talked. St. Louis court, quarterback, exactly, yeah. Exactly. And I said, Jim, when you played with the Cardinals, did you guys have a chaplain? Yeah. What did you do? I don't know. <laughs> it was not a big help. Come on, man. I need more than I that. More than I that. said, "What do you remember about the guy?" And he told me two things, and I said, "Okay, that's where I start." Do one was show up at practice. <laughs> and two was keep a low profile. I said, "Okay. I can do that. Show up at practice, keep a low profile." All right. Wow. And that's how I started. And it was all stumbling and ex- trial and error experimentation and
0: uh, you know slowly figured things out over time. That is fantastic Roger. I, I never heard that part about Jim. <laughs> That's a great great word there. Oh wow. Listen, how, how, so you got in those doors, it, it's a divine appointment cuz I mean you exactly. cold call absolutely yeah. divine appointment. And over those years you've got a chance to work with student athletes, coaches, the parents, probably even boosters, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And, and what a ride. I mean, I mean the ride of this has been amazing. Uh, what, what give me a highlighter too. Oh gee. yeah, I know, um, I know, you got so many, yeah. And funny, some for some of them, folks will think
1: some of the like the highest playoff runs or all that stuff. For me, it's more, it's more of the relational connections I made with uh, some in some of the toughest times, like my relationship with Coach Kill. I knew you're going to think in, say in, Coach in that uh, going through all the trouble that he experienced, just physically uh, dealing with uh, kidney cancer and some of those things. Dealing with his epilepsy, and I mean, I vividly remember leaning over him in the ER after he had seized—I don't know—close uh, to a dozen times that evening. And I'm holding his legs to keep him from kicking the snot out of the nurses. And uh, finally, had enough drugs to stop the seizures in him. That he looked up at me and he said, "Raj, I've seen my dad three times tonight." Oh my his dad had been dead five years but he is that close Close to to death death, that he is it so it really shook him and walking through that process with him through that and the surgery and all the other things that came along really built a bond with with us as friends more than When, when was coach kill the head coach here 2001 through 2007
0: and then he left here
1: yeah. And went up north, didn't he? He went to Northern Illinois first and was excellent there and then went to the University of
0: Minnesota. And, and you probably never, ever saw or talked to him again when he left in 2007. Oh, no, We stayed pretty
1: tight and continue to. I haven't talked to him with him since last week. <laughs> <laughs> and then he
0: came back here to Southern as the athletic director he, for a season. He, did. he yeah. did. What and was
1: that like working back with him again for the season he was here? It was fun. Uh, it was a different set of pressures, a different set of problems to be solved and that sort of thing, but our relationship was much the same. Because we had nurtured it over time and continued to work together, uh, but just less frequently.
0: It just seems like everything I hear from you is relationship, relationship, relationship. Yeah, that's what it's and, about. And being there, and and gave you, uh, they gave you the recommendation to show up and keep a low profile. I guess when you showed up that day, and kept a low profile. Eventually, uh, somebody realizes, hey, this guy's gonna, not going to leave me or forsake me like Jesus doesn't. And you get that opportunity, and then and then relationship is birthed. Yeah. I mean, not just you're there, but but you're a part of somebody's life. Yeah, and I think that's where
1: in the sporting arena, because so much of the sporting world is judgmental of. It, it in any just from wins losses standpoint let alone behavior and all that other thing everybody wants to judge it but in my role loyalty is one of the most foundational principles that must be protected Uh, look i love you on your worst day as well as your best day. that's right and so to show up at the er that's an important place to show up on the day you get fired that's i'm going to show up um, boy, I just had three or four more stories show up. Uh, but I'm walking through with a coach through his cancer battle uh, and ultimately being a part of his um, funeral service, uh, right. that kind of stuff, those are for me the highlights because they're depth of relationship. And intensity of moment. in some
0: ways you become kind of a spiritual armor bearer to some of these coaches. I think that's very powerful. I can see why they would would want you in the huddle, so to speak, on the team. D- tell me, over the years, depends on who the coach is and their their their, will, their, their aptitude. It seems like SIU, as they've transitioned through different coaches, we've been very blessed. They've seen the value mm. that it's trans it's transitioned well between the various coaches. Because I've worked with you for ten years plus years doing meals with the players, yeah. and whether it's Coach Lemon or, or Coach Hill, uh, th- those are the ones. I've worked with you yeah. on, mm-hmm. the incredible relationship and the transitional, you don't see a break in the spiritual side.
1: That's what I've been thrilled with is because uh, you have no guarantees that the next coach is going to let you in at all. I don't
0: have time for this. Not my priority Not list. my thing.
1: Or you're the you're attached to the previous guy. I'm yeah, gonna, you got to go. Cut all ties yeah. Everybody the turns staff.
0: in their resignation. <laughs> but I've worked with five
1: football staffs, seven women's basketball staffs, uh, meaning just head coaches, and then uh, multiple men's basketball with volleyball coaches and now with I was gonna ask that was my question. a bunch of other sports uh, that we've wound up with good favor partly because I wanted to serve well with no strings attached with no uh, it's that whole idea of serving selflessly it's not about me I'm here to serve you and every time in those transitional moments of new coach gets to town and after all a bunch of urgent things are done I'll meet him I say, coach can I take you to lunch Okay, and now I'm going to ask, I'm going to say, Coach, I'd love to serve you and your staff and your team. I'll do as much or as little as you think is proper. Right. And you can watch them relax.
0: You can relax and relax. No I'm, agenda.
1: You're not coming and asking for something. Exactly. Right, right. I you're you're not. You're not asking for, nope. I don't want anything. I want to serve you. That's right. all I'm interested in.
0: I got a chance to really be connected with Heron uh, mm. during your work. We were doing the di- the huddle dinners mm-hmm. together for the or the big Williams County dinners. And when they had a when they had a death of a player over there, yeah. I got a call from the coach. Been good friends with him, and and I've seen I've seen the co- that coach has since left the coach at Heron. Yep. He's now an athletic director. I've seen him spiritually come completely alive yep. as a result of work of FCA working with him in crisis, being there when they had a crisis, and just I, I see where the doors open and then the value is obtained. Yeah. And seen, and it becomes it becomes really precious. So you've got you've worked with uh, Saluki football, Saluki football, basketball, both men and women at times, volleyball, mm-hmm. golf, golf. You said it just kind of and depends. Baseball. and baseball, oh, and baseball, and baseball yeah. yeah, yeah, and and really depends on who the coaches is, what exactly. the season of that is. But you've had it in some ways with football. You've been the you've been the Daniel through four or five different leaders exactly. and kingdoms there. Yeah. And that's just prolific what you've done there. Now let me talk to you about another one of these that I think is pretty cool. Uh, for the first one is look at this. You've got uh, Southern Illinois minors. Now for those of you that are listening from around the world, wherever you're at, uh, that's an independent professional minor league, uh, baseball team professionals. Mm-hmm. Yep. These are guys that are not been picked up with a, with a, uh, NBA affiliated club. affiliated club yet, but yet, These are clubs that they do get picked up. Yeah, they do. They they're they're gonna. These kids want to play some more. Mm -hmm. They're not done. So they get in these independent leagues. They're more for the rookie, the younger players. You're gonna. They're gonna move through here like a military move. How long can they be in on that team?
1: Oh, the age limit is now close to thirty, but it used to be twenty seven. I mean, you would age out of this league pretty fast. Uh, We tended to get guys on the way up or on the way down on the way out a lot yeah. of guys who may play 5 or 6 7 years of affiliated baseball they're still young enough to make our league but they don't want to go get a regular job yet they're not done these guys baseball. aren't
0: making these guys aren't making no, big contracts they're no. living with host families exactly. and you've done that and what what I love what you've done is when when the club was ready to uh, thank the families for hosting these guys for the year you brought out our barbecue and the, the miners would bring us out and we would feed those families yeah. in the field after a game. That was a, that was a great time. And then we got to be, I'm going to show you another picture guys. I, I, I see you there talking to the players, coaches, I love this picture of everybody in the the 2015. That's when they won. That's when they won, right? That was uh 2012 when we won. That was 2012. This was East. Oh, this was the uh, East division championship. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yep. I love that. Look at this picture here, guys. What you're thinking, What what is the pig got to do with it? That's the mm-hmm. community faith church, uh, uh, barbecue heroes, cooking team from our church. I'm a three-time Memphis barbecuer. I've been a part of John Wills franchise cooking, and they were just super champs. And so I was trained up well in cooking. And basically, we've been working with with Roger and the team and their host to come in and do these host dinners. Well, they won the. This was when. When did they win the ring again? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. That's that top right picture. The top oh, right. Yeah, that's they, they're showing the rings, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yep. Ring. I love it. Yeah, pl- a player loves a ring. So they won everything for their their whole league, and so they we're gonna give them their rings at that game, and they want to have a feast, a ring yeah. feast. So we brought out uh, our hog and food, and we had the whole works, and we fed those guys after the game, and it was a blast. A blast. It was a blast. It was so good. Yeah, that 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 pig there was named Sugar Pie. <laughs> we always name our pigs. That was sugar pie. Ain't nothing survived of sugar pie. I promise you that. So, so just tell me your, how did you, I mean, okay. FCA huddle, junior high school, high school. I I can get the college stuff. Semi mm-hmm. pro s- baseball. How do you get into minor league semi pro baseball? How do you become a character coach, chaplain, part of the squad? You're in the, you're in the picture with the team. Yeah. How does that happen? What What's it about?
1: It's amazing. Uh, it kind of came around backwards because I had applied when the f- the club first started, I had applied to be their chaplain. They chose another guy. Okay. Good enough. And then, uh, but then when that guy uh, went, a, he, he left to do something else um, they contacted me baseball chapel. That is baseball chapel runs all the, the chaplaincy in, professional baseball right and so they contacted me at somebody else's recommendation and I said okay we've done this once I want to know what's different now and so we I walked in a little quite carefully but then I said yeah let's talk about this and then went out and um, just did what I always do meet the manager in this case and uh, just dive into relationship with players and worked really simply Uh, had wide open favor from the
0: first day now, these guys, these guys here, I mean, some of them are leaving families to try to yeah, play ball. Yeah. And they're not making a lot. They're losing money. Yeah. Some of them are just starting to have their families. They're either coming up in their dreams. <clears throat> they're still hoping to play. Or they're finding out they're, they're, yep. that dream's over. It's almost over. That's what's
1: amazing about this league in particular. This level of baseball makes ministry super easy.
0: Yeah. Here's why. <laughs> Everybody's hungry. The, the, <laughs> yeah. I love to watch them play uh, because every play is a play. There's nobody loafing down the baseline. No, 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 no. Every play is your chance. I love to watch the minors baseball. Yeah, bang for the buck it is, oh, it's great. Phenomenal experience. These guys are desperate to play baseball that they wouldn't be there. And everything is a opportunity to be a highlight reel that can make your dreams exactly. come Because they're thinking, all right, if I get this swing
1: right and I, I start producing, suddenly I get picked up by an affiliated club and that's my path to the big leagues. Or they're thinking you know what? I've already had my shot and and I just don't want to go get a job. Or I, some of the Latino players is like, if I don't do this, I lose my green card. I have to go home. Right. And so I can stay here, make a little bit of money, send some money back to Venezuela. Everybody's happy with that. So I'm staying as long as I can. But the
0: point is their desperation makes their hearts lie right on the surface. So that goes back to what you said earlier, that when you were talking in episode one, please mm-hmm. go back and, and listen to that. It's just fabulous. You talked about how when people's, um, mm um when their needs go up, their resistance goes down. Yeah. You have almost a team here where that's naturally inhibited. Exactly. You know, because every, even at, at SIU, when, when a player's playing or playing poorly or whatever, if they're scholarship, I mean, they're still wanting an education. Mm-hmm. These guys don't play well. They get a bus ticket home, We're done. you know, and they're done. They're sacking groceries, doing whatever else mm-hmm. they do. So you have a built-in natural opportunity to be there.
1: Yeah, it makes for hearts are much more open than one would think normally in professional sport. Uh, And that makes for easier uh, entrance to relationships. And it, it lets me um, speak to their hearts just much more directly. That's outstanding. Let I don't
0: have to cut through a five million dollars signing bonus. <laughs> no, that's right. That's, right. It, that's right. right. Yeah, a lot more humble. These guys are good guys. I, I ran into we were in Crown Brew a few weeks ago. New center fielder coming in. I, he was from. I'm trying to think where he. They're from the Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if you know who he is. I, I he, he's a new guy. They were in Pittsburgh. I had my Steelers gear on, uh, and they said, "Are you from Pittsburgh?" I said, "No, but it's my son's shop." And he said, "Our son's the new mm-hmm. center fielder for for oh, the miners." Oh, so brilliant. so we'll get out there and watch him. I said, "I'm gonna." Hodge and say go Pittsburgh, you'll That's know who awesome. I am. So these guys are in the community. We appreciate it. appreciate the work you you've done there and, and and that just incredible. Let me ask you about this. This is gonna take more explanation, Lucy. Uh, <laughs> th- Roger, this is not SIU, this is no. not Southern Illinois miners, this is not someplace in Southern Illinois where you huddle. Everything I look here looks like this is extremely someplace else around the globe. One of those could be Mother Russia. I don't For know. Sure. So no. tell us about your international work and how that happened. How does an FCA guy, a local Southern only guy, end up globe trotting around the world? How do these doors open? It's amazing. Uh, it all starts with uh, Fred Bishop
1: <laughs> and, and Fred uh, teasing me uh, when I'm standing in his house. In Ducoy, Illinois, very modest little shack of a place, and he's standing there and he's looking at this thing and he says, "Yeah, I got this in Vienna, Austria." He looks at me in the eye and he goes, "You'll like it there," and he's doing stuff like that. You'll like it there, wow. just teasing you to go. And then at one point, he gives me a twenty Cordoba bill. Twenty Cordobas is <laughs> Cordobas is the uh, uh, money in um, Nicaragua. He said, "Here's the down payment on your first trip." and oh, stuff man. like that. Fred would just kind of throw Curgy, the bait yeah. out there bait 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 and all of a sudden I'm going with him to Honduras and now I'm you know I'm hurrying to study Spanish so I can administrate the trip and and then all of a sudden I'm doing it and I'm going, "Hey, I can I can do this." Yeah. And I remember just hearing of the, all the 40 nations he'd been to and all that and I'm thinking, there is probably no place I can't go. Right. If the Lord's drawing and Lord's carrying me along, I can go anywhere. Why? Cuz I'm his ambassador. I'm going. And so now to be in places like growing up as a kid during the Cold War, I'm looking at pictures of Red Square and that that church is right on the corner of Red Square. And it looked like such a massive place when I was a little kid looking at it on black and white TV. But then I'm standing there on that day and I look and it's a city block. There's the Kremlin. It's a city block. Right. We had lunch at the McDonald's on the corner. Oh wow. Of, of, <laughs> of the Kremlin. I'm going, okay. But and then one of those things is I remember Fred really challenging us about pray for a nation. And there I am standing there in a St. Louis Cardinals baseball cap in the Plaza of the Revolution in Habana, Cuba.
0: Wow.
1: And I began praying for Habana in about 1989 for and for Fidel Castro. And uh, that day I was one phone call away from his office because i had been praying for him and i've made four trips to cuba now and uh that bottom picture's in honduras in a great place outside the capital city and that other one's in kazakhstan and i'm talking with ice hockey coaches in Kazakhstan about ministry and sport and how you need to coach the comp- the spirit of the player to have a complete player, and they're all nodding their heads going, we get it.
0: And you have found the principles that you've done through SCA and now Nation of Coaches, you find those translate just as well in these uh, athletes or athletes.
1: Absolutely. I'm drawing on a
0: whiteboard, drawing circles
1: and talking about these ideas, and it's being translated into Russian, and they're all going, got it. Got this it. this is important. We need to do something.
0: What's well, amazing? I've got a chance to go a lot of places. I've I've been to Honduras, where he's been. He's outside Tegucigalpa, the capital. I've been to La Entrada. I go there to plant churches. Roger goes there to already filled stadiums of, with athletes and encourages them. I, I go to places that have to rent the stadium to try to have a crusade and get people in. Roger's smarter than me. He he gets <laughs> athletes that have talent can fill the stadium. And then he just shares the gospel with them and lets them become his lighthouse. Roger, that is just I mean just I mean just amazing what you've been able to do. I see that. even even one of your books you've had translated into Spanish to fit into that world. So you've certainly had impact. Yeah,
1: that was a remarkable story. I'm sitting there with, uh, one of my friends from the area and we're in Tegus at the hotel and the president of the Olympic committee, Salvador Jimenez comes to sit and I had just finished this book, heart of a champion. I had it in, page, in paper on paper and uh, showed it to him. He's, he does not read English, but he works hard to read my weekly devotionals. He sits there with a dictionary and he'll, tr- he'll try to translate that. I'm like, he works harder to read my stuff than anybody I know, but I'm sitting there with Salvador and showed him this book. And he looks at me across the breakfast table and he says, Yo necesito esto en español <laughs> Por los um, atletas He said, we need this in Spanish for our Athletes yeah. And I looked at him and I had a decision to make Wow Then um, I said, si sí, señor Se puede I will get that done. And uh, it took three years and a lot of work. Yeah, I and bet. multiple translations, but we got it was done. Was your publisher
0: shocked when you asked for such a request? Yeah. yeah
1: and I uh, bet they were. And, and so I had to find the money to publish it because there's no market. We're going to give most of them away. And I got but, that. But I got to wow. carry them back to him and say, señor Order, it's, it's done. And he, he was like, yes. It was
0: that was a rich day. Fabulous. I put that back up there. You can find that at Crosstraining Publishing.com. We'll talk more about those in the next episode. I want to close this piece here. Let me get it. Let me see if I can get us queued back up to where we should be. There we go. I want to close this up with a on the dock uh heart of the on the dock question I'm getting back to this. Uh, you know, we're all about getting people out of the shallows mm-hmm. into the deep. So here's your here's your closure. Um, how do we get those doors? I mean, Kazakhstan, okay, we're not talking about that. Huh. But someday, I mean, if you're faithful and small, things go up, and, and you, those doors didn't open, you've paid a lot of dues to get mm. there. But, but how do we get doors to open to us, even if it's at the local level? It's, yeah. a, it's the little league team, it's the yeah. traveling team. I'm a parent, I'm a dad, I'm a mom, I, I'm a local pastor, and I would like to engage in my local league or my local school. How do, what are some of the first steps if somebody was of the mindset and the heart that they wanted to be in used this way to do this ministry, because I, I think it's prolific, I think it's, it's, it's needed, I think mm. it's wanted today, mm-hmm. they can use the character coach way to come in. Uh, how would you give somebody advice to get started, even if it's at the, the 1A Rookie Farm Club? You bet. It's, it's me in 1994, not knowing
1: anything about doing this. I walked into the door at Sean Watson's office, knocked on the door and said, uh, welcome coach. Glad you're here. Um, and then I said, sir, I'd do anything I could to help you offer to serve. And he says, okay, let's go. And so for me, it's one, it's that attitude of I'm here to serve, offer to serve. There's very few people going to turn you away. And then secondly, part of it lets you get to that door is Proverbs twenty-eight one it says the wicked flee when no one's pursuing, but The righteous are as bold as a lion. Every time I walk into an emergency room, every time I walk up to a hospital room, I know I am ill-equipped. I know I am um, underprepared. I know there's nothing in me that has anything that can solve this situation. And so there's fear knocking at my door going, you don't have anything to offer here. You don't know. What are you going to do? But inside me, the, the heart of the lion says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. I'm not righteous because of me. I'm righteous because of Christ. I'm going in the door.
0: Adequate or not,
1: I don't care. I'm going to go offer to serve, and then the doors will open.
0: So you got to step up.
1: you got to walk into out, yeah. the door.
0: So Proverbs 28, 1, quote that again to me. Yep.
1: Yeah. The wicked flee when no one's pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion.
0: That's, that's so good. And
1: uh, I remember having my hand on a door in a hospital thinking, I have nothing to offer here. Oh, my. And I could hear that verse pop up in my head. The righteous are as bold as the lion. Well, I'm going anyway. Open the door. Let's go. Oh, man. And uh, so that sense of boldness along with I'm here to serve. That's that's a winsome combination. I
0: remember, I, I that it's so true. Just that a, a proverb that sticks in my head. I was both of us came up through no Great love mm-hmm. We're talking about Fred Bishop. Please go back and listen to Pastor Troy's mentor series. It's great. That uh, it was one of our very first guests here, episode I think seven. Um, but listen, I, I remember my first time in the streets of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I was in, in an alley talking to somebody. And, I, I mean, I was just so wet from being a sinner myself. I had just barely gotten myself right and was just starting to read the Bible. I remember we were in an alley talking to somebody, and I was with somebody It was a mature partner, hmm. and they were talk- They were engaged with somebody. And somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, t- I, I just want you to tell me why I should become a Christian. Huh. You know, why should I trust you? Wow. And I, 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 the, the thing in my mind was rolling around like, was like, what do I do now? I mean – what do I tell him? I just became one myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe. I'm excited about it. And and I just said I just remember my prayer was this, Lord, help me have something to say that is valuable. <laughs> no doubt. And I began to speak and just shared my my you're saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the Testament. I just yeah. told him how the how, how I was taught taught by my friend Shane Bishop about trust in the Lord. Yeah. I trusted the Lord and I began to have a testimony. And I said, brother, I can't tell you a whole lot. I, I, they just got me in this bus about six months ago, but I can tell you this, the Lord changed me. And I'm here to tell you, he changed me. And he, if he changed me, I was a mess, told him what I did. He can change you. And, and, and then I began to say some other things about just today's your chance. And yeah. i to pray with the guy and I got done. And I just remember thinking, where did all that come from? Yeah. And had I not stepped up or stood up, I would have never known. Yeah. So I mean, to me, it looks like you just got to step up, be patient, look for those attention zones. I think yeah. I talked about exactly. in the previous episode. Right, let me wrap up with this. I mean, I mean, so you basically you're saying uh, that your your roles are offer to serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, then make sure that that you step up. Yeah. Okay. Because the righteous are as bold as lions. Anything last? You want to close with that? Especially in the in the again, we're countercultural in
1: this world, and um, what I've found is sharing one's faith. This is from Philemon, Paul's letter to Philemon, verse six. He says, "I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith, so that you have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ." It's in the process of sharing my faith when I take the risk to go ahead and talk about it that those things that Christ has done in me are really drilled down even more deeply. I come to grasp them more fully, and I'm more energized and I have a greater sense of, uh, of strength when I go to talk about it again. Uh, those things really drill down in us. When we find occasion, when we find the boldness to speak about our faith, it grows, and yeah. our faith grows. And it's part of the process of development as a believer is to find ways to share your faith. Well,
0: and certainly, I started with one conversation in alley in new Orleans Yeah. and gosh, I've got a chance to speak to presidents of nations as well. There you go. You, it starts with one. And you know what? I closed my eyes when I spoke to the president too and said the same thing, Lord, what do I have to say to this yeah. woman, Ellen Johnson? Early? And you know, you began to trust. I love what you're saying there that we, you take the risk and as you, the Lord won't put you in something, he won't, he's not going to abandon you. He's also not going to put you in something you're not ready for. So be patient. And, And believe and exhort and I think the bottom line is we need to be exhorters we need to be believers in what we offer and the reason I was able to I think lead be a a vessel that day to lead that person to Christ the reason I could help Ellen Johnson that day was because the Lord knew my heart they knew that I was just sharing from the truth, yeah, and just maintain that that that, that groundedness yep. relationally, not programmatically, exactly. And some of this is that simple.
1: It's like I started praying for Cuba back in about eighty nine, and I remember reading. It, I had a baseball in my office that I prayed. I'd look at it and I would pray for Cuba and then for Fidel Castro, and I said, one of these days I'm going to hand this ball to Fidel Castro. Wow! And I prayed, and every time I would go to Cuba, I would carry that baseball with me. In twenty in two thousand nine, the occasion didn't happen. 2010, we're going in a taxi, going across town, and we're going to go meet my friend, the guy I met a year ago, Frank, who was a a president, one of the vice presidents of the baseball federation. And uh, the door was not going to open to Fidel that day, and and I could hear the Lord while I'm in the cab, and He says, "Give the ball to Frank." I said, Oh, man. I'm, this is, I'm having this dream die, and I said, I'm giving the ball to Frank. Yeah. And I got Frank and his brother, and we stood there, and I pulled the interpreter because I don't want to mess this up with the more Spanish. And I said, I've been praying over this baseball for, it was like 11 years, because here's this, and he goes, gracias. And I gave him that ball. He turns around and gets another ball, has his whole team sign it, and then I'm thinking, okay. And then two years later, I find out Frank has become a believer and he's leading oh baseball. My. He's leading Bible studies in baseball in Cuba. And I'm going. give the ball to Frank obedience obedience and hearing the
0: voice of God is great hey guys we're going to be continuing in this incredible series again Roger Lipe is the character coach director for the nation of coaches we're going to talk a lot more about that in the next episode you're going to find out about that new venture in his life you're going to find out more about what he's doing in publishing and blogs it's going to be great this has been a great conversation Roger thank you so much for sharing about your wealth of experience locally regionally nationally and of course globally here. Just a reminder, you can check Roger's books out. We'll have that on our site, publishing.com. Just, just search for Roger Light. Get those books. They're great gifts for coaches. You're, get them for yourself. They, hey, they work. They work for pastors. Pastors, mm-hmm. read these for yourself. Just make yourself the coach. Make your wife the coach's wife. You'll be just fine. And then Roger's got lots of good blog sites. We'll have those linkable to you through social media and through our uh, description. You'll be able to get those there as well. And we just want you to come back with us in part three, Join us in the next episode of On the Dock. We'll be looking at Roger's work as an author and now with the Nation of Coaches. So that's going to be great. And you can find out more about us at onthedock.org. You can email us at info at And don't forget, watch us at YouTube. If you've never tried our podcast, go to iTunes, Spotify, download that as well. So you can listen to it on the go. And you can check us out with Google Podcasts, Facebook, RoQ, Download the Sermon Net app and look up the On the Dock with Pastor Troy Channel. Check us out on Rumble. We want to see some people on Rumble and Sermonet as well. And If you love this message, you got comments and things you want to share, get on our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Telegram, and let us know. And on all those sites, please subscribe, hit like, comments. We just want to know you're a part of that and share it with other people. And by the way, you can go to our Patreon site, go through Patreon, download the app, and become an On The Doc partner. Or you can go through onthedock.org and you can get a link there directly to it, as well as to all of our platform sites and uh, all that. And finally, if you don't have a church home, we want you to go to church. If you're in the Southern Illinois area. We'd love to have you at Community Faith Church 10 a.m. on Sundays, Wednesday at 6.30. They're our host site here. Love to have you. If you're not able to attend, you're sick, you're traveling, you just want to check us out, we have a virtual campus presence at coftv.com. We also have a YouTube channel under Community Faith Church and a Facebook channel under COF Church Marion. Check that out. We'd love to have you. Roger, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Troy. That's going to be great. we got more to come at our great series here, at FCA and Nation of Coaches. we got great stuff happening. We'll see you again at On the with Pastor